just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's our weekly Friday news roundup, and lead producer Emily Means is here to share the talk of the town. It's Friday, December 2nd, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, Emily Means. Good morning, Ali Vallarta. Well, I'm drinking coffee out of my uh, cat mom mug this morning. Mm. Well, you are a cat mom. It's indisputable. Uh, We are recording super early this morning because Alaska Airlines had the audacity to change one of your flights, but airline's going to airline. I guess that's what happens when you don't fly Delta. You know what I mean? Oof. Oof to... But uh, that's why we both sound like we just uh, sat down and smoked a pack of Marlboro Reds. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we sound like some jazz singers in a club. Yeah. Welcome to our club, everyone. Welcome. We're going to sing you a tune. All right. Let's get into the news this week because we have some news this week that was news a couple months ago and now it's, it's back and it's news again this week. And that is Rocky Anderson is running for mayor. Again, that's the news cycle for you, baby. Rocky Anderson is running for mayor again, comma, again, (laughs) because he's running again and he announced again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, Rocky's running again. He was mayor of Salt Lake City from 2000 to 2008. Mm -hmm. And here we go, man. It's election season. He announced again his candidacy in the ballpark neighborhood where there have been lots of concerns about crime. And uh, Mm. this is what Rocky said. He says that our city is degraded, crime ridden, dangerous, filthy in many areas and cruel toward the members of the homeless community. That's one way to start a campaign coming out swinging like that. Yeah. I don't know that that many Salt Lakers hear that and are like, that makes me want to hear more. You know, it's it, it doesn't sound like a very loving or tender approach to mm. the city, which I think right now loving and tender is something we could all use a little bit more of. <laughs> Try a little tenderness. For any new Salt Lakers, Rocky Anderson left office in 2008. He presided over the 2002 Winter Olympics, which is sort of his, you know, claim to fame. He was part of that ragtag bunch of folks that got us hobbling over the finish line of the 2002 Winter Olympics. You know I have to sneak in shade for the Olympics. Him and Mitt Romney. He and Mitt Romney alone. Yeah, they alone can save us. He left office in 2008. Then we had Mayor Ralph Becker and then Mayor Jackie Biskupski and now Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. So that's sort of where Rocky falls in the the lineage of recent Salt Lake mayors. But Em, do you want to guess what the like two, his two big issues are that he's running on? I think it's going to be homelessness and Mm -hmm. it's going to be 
police response times. Yep. And, Nailed you know, it. we saw this when he previously announced in August, there was a line he said that really struck me at the time, which mm. was in regards to our unsheltered community here. Essentially, you can either go to the shelter, you can either go to the resource centers or you can go to jail. Yeah. And from what I saw from the the reporting around his announcement this week, He's kind of softened that Mm -hmm. messaging a little bit, and so much so that I was actually really surprised to see former police chief Chris Burbank supporting Rocky at his announcement this week. Chris Burbank, once he left Salt Lake City Police, he kind of, he got on the train of, you know, like justice reform and all of that. And I actually talked to Chris Burbank for a story about homelessness in Salt Lake City. And he said, we've really had this approach where, I think he called it stop and frisk, essentially, in Salt Lake City. So, yeah, I think that Rocky is maybe softening the messaging a little bit Mm -hmm. on that. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, those are probably the two biggest issues in our city, or at least as perceived by, you know, residents in certain neighborhoods. Well, and I think it's also important to say, like, those are the two biggest issues that we hear people who historically vote talking about. Right. Like these are the issues that strike at the core of the kind of folks that if you're running for mayor at the end of the day, whether or not they make up a majority of the city's population, these are your donors. These are your voters. These are the people that tend to show up to things and be deeply politically active. Right. That's your base. Mm -hmm. Those are the folks that we hear talking about crime and homelessness a lot. And that's why there are some people in the city who would be like, Sure. Homelessness, of course, I think is an issue universally. But crime? I don't know. I mean, among my friends, like, we're not really talking about crime a ton. (laughs) Right. But you know who is? People in the ballpark neighborhood, people in Fair Park. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Wandering Dave on Twitter. I know he'll listen to this and be like, yep, this one's for me. Get new friends. (laughs) This one's for me. But Allie, I saw, you know, after Rocky's announcement, some talk on on the Twitterverse Mm. uh, about whether... Salt Lake is worse off than than it was, you know, three years ago when uh, Mayor Mendenhall took office. Yeah, that's a that's a bananas question to ask. It's like it's so subjective and there are so many variables. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, we had a pandemic that changed lots and lots of things for us, completely unrelated to who is the mayor of Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got this uh, red hot housing market that's made things really difficult. The city probably has like some influence on that, but also Mm -hmm. the state has a lot of influence on that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, it, it probably also just depends on what neighborhood you live in and what your, what your experience is being a resident of Salt Lake City based on your socioeconomic status, you know? Yeah. I mean, not to sound like I'm quoting Matthew McConaughey's Oscars speech, but like, I just don't think things were ever better before. Like anytime like we are, anytime we're like framing something as though like it was better before now, I just don't think that's like basically ever right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, there's no time where things were better. Like, Things have always been a little bit bad in a variety of different ways. And we are like tumbling our way into the future, trying to solve problems and figure out how to cope. But like there's no world where like any year before now was just like better. Yeah. (laughs) And there's okay. One, I didn't know Matthew McConaughey said that. So we're going to have to get him on the show. (laughs) 
you know, the wisdom, the wisdom. All right. All right. All right. The last thing I want to say about this is I'm always wary of people, well, who run for office <laughs> because oh, yeah. there's there's this sense that like only you can fix the problem, right? Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like there's some sort of ego that needs to go into running for office. You know, we love our elected officials here. We appreciate the, your public service. But, you know, for Rocky to come in and be like, I already did this. I'm the person who can do this again. Right. You know, that, that sends some sort of message. Well, and I have to wonder if like, you mentioned that that line that really stuck out the first in his first announcement about yeah. you can either go to the shelter, you can go to jail. And, you know, now that you say that, I'm like, I wonder if maybe that's why he announced again, because his first <laughs> announcement was a little bit uh, a little rocky. And that was the line that was everywhere. Like the trip yeah. pulled it on their Instagram. I mean, I just saw that everywhere. And I think it really shadowed some of the other ideas that he wanted to share. And I have mm. to wonder if he was like, Let's give this another shot because I think mm. that, you know, kind of typecast him because I was surprised to see and I feel like we're being really hard on Rocky right now. There are two things that he talked about that I'm kind of into. And one is legal camps in the meantime, while we build mm. more shelters Sanctioned and more camping. housing, sanctioned camping. Like this is actually a pretty progressive, pretty interesting idea. And the other thing that we've talked about on the show before, which is my biggest Salt Lake City pet peeve, public bathrooms. We don't have enough public we bathrooms in this city. And we certainly don't have enough to host the, the Winter Olympics again. <laughs> so. Well, Allie, let me tell you, if you hate the Olympics, I'm not quite sure that you'll appreciate anything we hear from our mayoral candidates this next year. That's true. That's true. I'm going to be grumpy. Anyway. Last thing I'll say on this, uh, Tribune and I think KSL reached out to Mayor Erin Mendenhall for a comment. She says she is busy governing mm -hmm. and isn't really focused on campaigning. You know, we are we're guessing that she's going to run for another term. But yeah, I'm really curious to see how many people jump into this race. We had eight, eight last time around for the primary election. So, yeah, I one time asked Mayor Mendenhall if she likes being the mayor and she was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not very, not very convincing with that delivery. But I think she really does. I actually believe her. But I was just like, we how I would just I would not want to be the mayor of Salt Lake City. But like someone's got to do it. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. 
What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Let's talk about the lake. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Okay. Okay, Allie, we've got some news about the Great Salt Lake and ah! we've got some news about our quest to find a jingle for the Great Salt Lake. Yeah, you did not like <laughs> give my regards to Brian Shrimp or Don't You Know the Air is Toxic, my two submissions for the Great Salt Lake jingle. But fortunately, an actual musician heard our desperate plea. Uh, his name is Daniel Smith, and he wrote us a jingle for when we talk about the Great Salt Lake. So get used to this song because this is the new soundtrack to the lake. Hit it, DJ. I should think you're great. Ooh. Ooh. <gasps> Allie, I mean, my it really that, gets me in the mood to talk about brine shrimp. That slaps. Mm -hmm. That slaps. Thank you so much, <laughs> Daniel Foster Smith, for listening and for sending us in this incredible jingle. All right. Let's talk about the news. Alfalfa, uh, our favorite little rascal and our favorite <laughs> our favorite crop here <laughs> in Utah. Yeah. If we're talking about the lake, if we're talking about water consumption, we got to talk about alfalfa. The Salt Lake Tribune is doing a series of stories on our favorite crop here in the state. And let me tell you a little bit about alfalfa and hay, Allie. I learned a lot in this story okay. by Brian Mathley and Mark Eddington. I know absolutely nothing about alfalfa except that every it feels like every person I know is like, it's the whole problem. It's in the Utah. alfalfa. Yeah. Well, I really appreciated this story because it was way more nuanced than that. So first of all, alfalfa and other types of hay are definitely Utah's most valuable crop here. They're worth nearly half a billion dollars a year. But to put that in perspective, and I actually really appreciated this context, that represents just 0.2% of the state's gross domestic product, which is uh, similar to the revenue generated by amusement parks. So lagoon <laughs> and hay, you know, like that's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Wait, hay and alfalfa yeah. is generating the same revenue as Lagoon and whatever else amusement parks we have in Utah, which I can't even name another one. I don't know. Cherry Hill Water Park, maybe in Farmington. I don't know. Isn't that wild? Wow. It's so, it's so small. It's so small. Utah produces more than 2 million tons of annual hay. <laughs> and for that, we're using 68% of our yearly water. Oh it's just like, I mean, it's 
it's bananas to me to put all wow. this in perspective. And then the thing that you hear a lot from people is like, well, what's the point of this? We're just sending it all to China anyway. In fact, about two thirds of Utah's hay goes to China. So people like to paint this picture of, well, we might as well just like send buckets of water to China, you know, mm -hmm. this this water that we so desperately need. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's an, an inaccurate way to, to describe that, to describe mm. this problem. So one thing that I really appreciated about the Tribune's story is that they really put it in an economic context. So they yeah. talked to this, this U of U economics researcher about basically the trade-off, you know, because this is farmers' livelihoods. Yeah. Uh, this does contribute a little, a little bit to the state's revenues. But really the trade-off is like, how much water are we willing to put into this thing that mm -hmm. in reality doesn't bring us that much money? So mm -hmm. the economist point wasn't necessarily to like pit urban communities against rural communities, but really to rethink how we think rural economies and, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that that doesn't come at the expense of all of this water loss for us. So it's a lot to take in. There will be more stories from the Tribune on this topic on our favorite crop here. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, Ali, to me, my main takeaway is I think we're going to have to eat less meat because this hay really goes towards like feeding livestock and horses. And we horses. will not be riding less horses. We're not going to be riding less, less horses. Meat. Maybe we could eat less meat. So yeah. I don't know. It's tricky and it is way more nuanced, I think, than a lot of people thought. This is so interesting because like, wow, I'm still really stuck on that data point that the like contribution to our GDP of alfalfa and hay is the same as Lagoon. Because I kind of want to be like, has anyone told the governor? <laughs> because it's The governor it, who's an alfalfa farmer. It feels really like sort of unimpeachable. And I think one of the criticisms of Governor Cox's administration often is that it feels like his constituency is cows. Like he he's often invoking this like sort of way of life that feels very out of step with this kind of data. And I I hope someone asks him about this at his next press conference at uh, KUED. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I also think another big takeaway for me is we need to give farmers other options. You know, we yeah. always hear about how we need to diversify our rural economy. Mm -hmm. We need to do that, <laughs> like mm -hmm. right now, like 10 years ago, probably. Right. Because if we continue on this path, I mean, we already know the devastating effects of of our drought and uh, what's happening at the lake. Yeah. My friend's dad is involved in this project in Vermont. And basically, they have sort of a similar problem there, which is there are a lot of like cattle farmers, a lot of dairy farmers. And of course, cows are really hard on the soil and it takes a lot of water, et cetera, et cetera, to raise cows. Water is not an issue for them in Vermont, but other things are in terms of land use. And they've created this like almost like union, like this cooperative to encourage dairy farmers to transition to growing hops. Because oh. it's like, we're in New England. Everyone loves beer. Most beer companies in the U.S. don't source their hops in the U.S. Like, yeah. Or they don't source them locally. And like hops grow up. You can grow a ton of hops on a little bit of land. Anyway, they're like trying to form this like hops farming revolution. And I wonder <laughs> if something like that could work here. It sounds silly, but it's like, listen, I'm down. I don't know if you get it. it you know, they can't stop all of us. Right. It's like they've, they're starting to form this cooperative. And now, like, you know, they're producing all these hops and these local beer makers are absolutely thrilled that they can drive down the street and yeah. get their hops and it's good for the soil. So anyway, hop to it. <laughs> I don't know.
Okay, let's move on because I'm really excited about something. And that thing is that I was right about something. Okay, okay now. <laughs> I knew it was cold. I knew it. Well, I you knew and everyone it was else cold. who's walked outside this week, Allie. No, no, I no. I was at a Friendsgiving on Thanksgiving and we were all standing outside and I was like, it is mighty cold. And everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, it's not usually this cold at Thanksgiving. And everyone was like, it's always cold at Thanksgiving. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's, it is colder this month. Like, I feel like everywhere I go, I keep being like, this cold is hitting different. And people are like, is it? <laughs> and I knew it was cold. And Professor Jim Steenberg, who is also known on Twitter as Professor Powder, <laughs> he is an atmospheric scientist at the U. And he shared with us that the first 28 days of the month of November rate as the coldest in the valley since 2003. Wow. So. Wow, wow, wow. My, my brethren out there who were trying to exclaim that they were unusually cold and were being shot down by people that wanted to normalize this freeze, I'm with you. Vindicated. <laughs> we are vindicated by <laughs> Professor Powder. It's cold. This has been yeah. a cold month. Well, I mean, yeah, it mm. is. We've also got some snow headed our way. More. Which is pretty exciting. I'm looking outside and I see snow on uh, my neighbor's roof right now. It's funny, like the older I get, the more I sound like, you know, a Midwestern mom, my mom, mm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. uh, which is me just saying, oh, we could really use the water. You know, I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad the snow's coming in. We really need that snowpack, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's supposed to snow Saturday and then kind of into next week. I did see a story in the trip where they quoted the Utah Avalanche Center saying that there is considerable avalanche danger in the mountains Mm. near Salt Lake City now. Whenever someone quotes the Utah Avalanche Center in a story, do you know Craig Gordon at the Utah Avalanche Center, Emily? No, I don't. Oh, my goodness. Okay, if you're listening and you know Craig Gordon at the Utah Avalanche Center, I know you're like... I know what you're going to say. He has the most incredible like voice and the way he talks. And so whenever there's like a quote from the Abbey Center, I hear it in Craig Gordon's voice, which is uh-huh. considerable. <laughs> so he's very like, so here's the deal. Like that's going to come down on you and you're going to be trapped, dude. Like he is like <laughs> the most incredible, fun, like best oh educator ever for avalanches. But anyway, all I could hear is the voice of Craig Gordon being like, it's considerable. considerable danger but the snowback is looking good i mean we love to see it we love to see that stay out of the back country folks <laughs> yeah stay out of the back country but the back country people they're never gonna listen to us but um it is hard to square like knowing that our snowpack is looking good and seeing snow come down and like just feeling uh moist in this valley with the fact that we are like kind of still in a historic mega drought that like water is still a crisis like i don't know it's like my body wants to relax when we get yeah. water, but then my brain is like, don't get too comfortable. You know what? Turn your brain off. Enjoy <laughs> okay. the snow. As all moms would say, every drop counts, you know, or maybe Governor Cox <laughs> would say that. Do you know what I do want to mention, though? Uh, yeah. Allie, we were talking about homelessness at the top of the show. It's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of folks camping 
hopefully intense in my own neighborhood. I wanted to give you a quick update on the shelters. The homeless resource centers are 97% full. The overflow beds in those shelters are 62% full, but not all of the beds are available yet. Mill Creek overflows uh, 65% flow. St. Vincent, which is downtown, is 72% full. So there is uh, still a need for people seeking shelter. And we, we always encourage you to help your neighbors, bring them hot packs, bring them blankets, bring them tarps, mm-hmm. uh, anything to stay warm. And uh, yeah, help your neighbor. Yeah, socks are a good one. Yeah, that's good advice, Emily. What are you up to this weekend? You gonna watch the Utes? I'm not gonna watch the Utes. I'm, it's is it football? <laughs> is Emily it football? means you love football, and now you're gonna get us canceled. I <sighs> know, I know. I am a Ute alum, but I stopped watching football. I'll be honest. After I watched that Will Smith movie about concussions oh, no. called Concussion, so not a huge fan anymore. But go, go, U of U. Are you <sighs> going to watch the game? Well, here's the thing. So. The Utes are back in the Pac-12 championship. I feel like everyone probably knows this, but last year they made it to the Rose Bowl and I did watch that game because it was it was a great game, first of all. And it was also very emotional, of course. You remember they lost two players to gun violence. Yeah. There was sort of the lore of the number 22 for the team last year. So I don't know. It's it's exciting that they're back in the championship. They are scrappy. Like they always, it feels like wiggle their their way in there pretty consistently. I'm sorry. Is this the Rose Bowl? No. Is this the champion? Is this a championship game? Sorry, I don't know anything about anything. Good grief. <laughs> well, they're playing USC in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And what I know about Allegiant Stadium is that I'm seeing Taylor Swift there in May. <laughs> oh, you're actually going? I actually got tickets. I just wanted to um, sneak that in there. Um, wow. I mastered the ticket. But they play at 6 p.m. tonight, Friday night. So this is so interesting, though, because like youth fans go really hard. And I was seeing rumors sure online. Do. That the game sold out before Crimson Club members could even like get tickets. The like you know the high donor yeah. tier at the U. Oh so the people, know, people power. The people are <laughs> rising up. They're cam rising up. That's right. Hey. hey. Hashtag. Cam Gotta get him before up. he's gone. <laughs> okay, so you're watching the Utes game, but our fellas, the Utah Jazz, they're playing the Portland Trailblazers I know, on and they Saturday. Won. They won and on they Wednesday won. night. They did it. They broke their losing streak. They had like a a string of five losses, but they got a dub that they really needed. And and listen, we're still here to support. Mm -hmm. We're here to support. We're in it for the long haul this Mm -hmm. season. So yeah, absolutely. Is that so? Is that your weekend? You're gonna watch the Jazz. That's my then... weekend. I gotta be honest though. I am kind of ditching this cold, and I'm going to L.A. for the weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's gonna be 65 degrees, which is basically summer. Oh, yeah. It's summer. I don't even know what to pack. What coat do I wear to the airport? No shorts. Coat. You pack shorts. <laughs> shorts. Shorts in December. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. All right, Ali Vallarta. Okay, we gotta get out of here because we gotta get you on true, that true. plane. Have an amazing weekend, and uh, I love knowing that even though we'll be in different cities, we'll be rooting for the Jazz together. Go Jazz, go. Go Jazz, go. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Our new great Salt Lake jingle is by Daniel Foster Smith. And our theme song, of course, is by the local band, Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.